Hello and welcome to Nature Snippets, a podcast about natural phenomena, about organisms that you may find in your backyard and beyond. I'm Declan McCabe, coming to you from St. Michael's College in Colchester, Vermont. It's been a fun summer and I've got a lot of interesting things done and a lot of good work done at St. Michael's, but I wanted to get back into the podcast, so I decided I would start off with a subject that any one of us could find at any time of the year, and it's an interesting little insect called the drain fly, and they are typically found inside. So I submitted an essay about these little beasties to The Outside Story, which is one of the places I often write for, and the very patient and kind editors got back to me and said, well, it's called The Outside Story, and this little beastie is never found outside. And so, this is an insect that is typically found in houses, and one of the common species is actually called a bathroom fly, And if you look up and read about this species, it's very, very hard to find its natural habitat outside of bathrooms. And so the essay was definitely not going to be a fit for the outside story. And I thought about the other places I sometimes write for, and Northern Woodlands Magazine would not be a good fit. Connecticut Woodlands Magazine would not be a good fit, because simply these are not woodland organisms. These are household organisms. But because they are household organisms, I do think they are important to write about and important to consider who they are and what they do and how harmless they really are. And so this little essay has not seen the light of day, but guess what? I'm in charge of the podcast and I say what goes. So we're going to talk about drain flies. And so this little essay was stimulated by a drain fly that I encountered at St. Michael's College. So one day, as I filled my tea kettle from the water fountain at St. Michael's College, something jumped along the wall and caught my eye. The motion, a short crawl followed by two jumps in a row, suggested a jumping spider. A single pair of wings suggested otherwise. The insect was a drain fly, innocuous little insects that often spend their larval stages in sink drains, toilet water, or inaccessible moist crevices in bathrooms. I departed with the tea kettle and returned with a clear plastic petri dish to collect the fly. I had seen these flies before, but the slack time between semesters provided a good opportunity to see this one up close. After some brief flailing about in my petri dish, the fly landed upside down, kicking its legs in the air, affording a quick look before it righted itself. The fly was far too active and fast-moving to examine for very long under a microscope, so I reached for the usual solution to problems like this and I placed the dish in the freezer and made my tea. Fifteen minutes of cooling and I could examine my catch of the day at leisure. It's important to recognize that cooling an insect down in this manner does not kill it, assuming you remember to take it out of the freezer. It simply slows them down and reduces their ability to fly. So I placed my now chilled little dude, under the microscope. I was struck immediately by the hairiness of the fly's body and wings, a characteristic that inspires an additional moniker, the moth fly. The wings were divided up by nearly parallel veins running all the way to the tips. 
On closer examination, each wing vein looked like a microscopic bottle brush, with stiff hairs pointing out in all directions above and below the wing surface and forming a dense swirl. My immediate impression of this wing was that this was the opposite of aerodynamic and I wondered how the thing could ever live up to its name and actually fly. I took the lid off for a closer look. Hairs were everywhere and even lengthened the wing by growing off the trailing edge. Any doubts I had about flight were quickly dissuaded. In my distraction, I forgot that my specimen's flight muscles were rapidly warming up to room temperature and it had had enough of my observations before I did and it took off for darker locations and left me alone with my tea. But before it left, I managed to capture several photographs for later observation. The antennae were reminiscent of tiny pine trees. Divided into regular segments, again with hairs, this time growing out in circular patterns at the intersection of each segment, like the branches of a very slender Christmas tree. I was curious about the reason for all these hairs. In common with the terrestrial adults of many insects with aquatic larvae, these flies need ways to emerge successfully, lest a watery habitat becomes a watery grave. For drain flies, the solution is water-repellent hairs. These hairs make them impervious to drowning, even in warm to hot and even sometimes soapy water found in sink drains, where their larvae thrive on sludge attached to the interior surfaces. Their sludge eating habit is one reason why drain flies commonly emerge from old-style trickling filter sewage plants. I don't know about you, but where I grew up, trickling filter sewage plants were quite common, and they look like large circular containers of gravel, and over top there is a rotating arm that sprays the untreated sewage onto the gravel bed. And so as the sewage is sprayed onto the gravel beds of these facilities, layers of biofilm build up on the rocky surfaces. The larvae feed on the bacterial film before pupating and emerging as adults. This habitat has yielded yet another common aim, sewage flies or sewer flies. The name sewage fly or sewer fly is an unfortunate one in my mind because it suggests that the presence of these flies in your house may indicate a sewage issue. In reality, the flies are more likely to come out of a floor drain or a shower stall than they are to come out of a damaged sewer. If they occur in large numbers, simply taping a clear plastic cup over each of your drains in your building reveals the source which then can be cleaned to eliminate the larvae. It's also wise while you're doing this to take a bucket of water and fill all of your floor drain traps with water because that water in the S-Bend is what keeps the smell of sewer gases out of your house if you happen to have floor drains. So, if you choose to take brushes and plungers and clean the larvae out, you certainly will reduce the number of flies coming into your house. Or you could choose to live and let live. Moth flies have not been implicated in human disease transmission, and they don't bite. In addition, there's some evidence to suggest that the larvae may actually help move things along in shower drains by cutting through some of the hair that accumulates in there. That said, I'm unaware of a thorough scientific study on the process, but it would be an interesting one for someone to follow up on. And perhaps you could simply tolerate these little beasties 
and shoo them along and let them jump and fly outside to find greener pastures. So that's it for our first episode back after the break and thank you all for listening. Um, hope to have one every two weeks as usual and hope that you are enjoying your fall as I am with my new students at St. Michael's College. That's all for today, folks. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please consider subscribing wherever you find your podcasts. This is a bi-weekly podcast, so you can expect a new episode every other Friday. Thank you once again for listening.